Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Giving Starts With You. Today, we have Garrett Poole. Garrett is a very special gentleman. He has, for the last 20 years, focused on helping others learn how to defend themselves. He's been teaching over 9,654 students in person to date. All of this started as a child where he had to watch his mom be abused, even being abused himself. He was taken that experience, he has taken that experience, and turned it around to help others. He's created Lady in Defense, which is a roadmap for abused women that focuses on the whole person, mind, body, heart, and spirit. In this journey, he teaches how to escape the chains of the past, while healing our wounds, rediscovering who we are and finding the courage and bravery again. This journey is not getting women back to normal, but about taking their life to the next level. He has every woman start with a 21 day challenge that opens their mind and empowers their body, giving them their fighting spirit back. Garrett is the absolute perfect guest for our show today to help everybody. Welcome, Garrett. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and just really appreciate you inviting me back. And I just feel blessed. So thank you. Absolutely. No problem. I've got lots to learn from you today. I think our listeners have a lot to learn from you today as well. I'll definitely share what I can. Do you think um, perhaps you can start and just give us a little bit of a glimpse as to who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm 34 years old and I have uh, two uh, children, a seven-year-old and a uh, about to be five-year-old son and daughter, uh, Stetson and Scarlett. They are the loves of my life next to my wife and and my Lord and Savior. They, I don't know if, if, if you have kids or don't have kids, like it definitely resonates differently what I'm about to say, but the children, uh, when I had Stetson and then Scarlett, they have brought joy that I never thought that I could ever have in my life. And uh, that has been just the most amazing blessing that I've ever received. Of course, I'm totally head over heels for my wife. She's just the most amazing person. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey today. And she was this stand for me that uh, I pull myself out of these addictions that I found myself in when I met, when, when she met me and 
she's one of the reasons I'm able to stand here today and and speak to people about uh, what, what I'm going to talk about. I've been doing uh, self-defense, uh, women's self-defense, child self-defense, martial arts classes for the last uh, 20 years. It's something that uh, was rooted deep inside of me as a child uh, that I didn't really know at the time, but as I grew up and uh, started to kind of explore what it is that I wanted to do with my life, uh, it was right there, uh, like just it just rooted so deep inside of me. It was it, it, I just couldn't I just couldn't ignore it and I couldn't pass it up. And I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that I didn't try to follow my friends into the different schools that I saw them go to, which they were great schools. But the place that I went was where I was meant to go, which was I went to Texas Tech University, and from there I found my uh, martial arts instructor uh, and I started my jujitsu training, and from there went into kickboxing, and from there. I went into uh, self-defense. I started to take lessons in privates and seminars and workshops from as many martial artists and self-defense instructors as I could, trying to learn and grow as much as I, I could so that I could help and serve other people. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. See, Garrett, I've heard you speak about your abuse as a child, and it's so powerful to me. We're all human and we all struggle, and some of us in very similar ways. I know it's never easy to share, and I appreciate that you you are willing to do that with us today, but I think it's going to really help some of the people who are listening right now, and it will help me as well. So I do appreciate um, you, know, you opening up to us. Can you take us back into a world where you experienced as a child, into your world? Absolutely. Uh, I'm definitely not the only one with experience like this, but I think that it's experiences like this that... Um, help bring us together in, a, in into a shared vision of like making things better, if that makes sense, like on a very simple, um, simple platform or uh, on a very, very simply. And so, yes, I'll, I'll definitely uh, take it back into, uh, into that abuse uh, that I experienced as a child. And then I'd love to talk about kind of how that shaped my uh, life moving forward like I said, uh, really rooted something deep inside of me that uh, I had no idea that would shape kind of the rest of my life. So here we go. I'm playing with my toys when my dad pulled up to the house and my mom, she runs to me and she says, Garrett, Garrett, you know what to do. Get your brother, get your sisters, go to your room, lock the door, hide. Boom, boom, boom. My dad's breaking down my door. I can hear my mom screaming right outside my bedroom door, telling my dad, stop, stop. I can hear her fighting back while he's kicking in my bedroom door. As a 10-year-old boy, I'm trying to comfort my little brother and sister who are already crying. They look so confused. I was confused. This was my dad. Why was this happening? Suddenly, I hear a crash outside my door. My mom gets quiet. Then, boom, the door explodes open as my dad flies in the room. My mom saved my brother and my sister that night and me. And so many other nights, my mom is my hero. And to be honest, I vaguely remember what happened when my dad exploded in the room. Even the next day, I struggled to remember. And that was the case a lot of times when I would get uh, beaten by my dad. I'd, I'd black out or I would, I, would push it, I would push it down. I struggled with facing what was happening just because of the confusion and, and, but I, I always distinctly remember like my mom was always there, always like at some point flying in the room, always saving us. And she's, like I said, she's my hero. Wow. That can't be easy to talk about, but she sounds like a remarkable lady. She is. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. 
Um, did the abuse you suffered as a child, did it manifest in any negative ways as you grew up? It did. You know, I didn't realize this um, until I was started like 15, 16, 17 years old. The abuse that I suffered, it became a pattern that I didn't know that I would follow. Um, and I was never physically abusive to uh, women or to children, but uh, to other, to my friends who also had a violent streak in them for maybe similar reasons, uh, we definitely did go at it a few times. Uh, luckily, nobody ever got really hurt and we're all still friends today. But I'm definitely not the only one with a story of a broken, abusive home. And I didn't know as a 10 year old, but it shaped my heart and carved out my passion like I said, that I've rooted myself into as an adult. But growing up with an abusive father instilled in me behaviors that I, I wouldn't really experience the consequences of until much later in life. When my dad left when I was 12 years old, things were back to normal, at least like what we thought was normal. We kept quiet about everything. And that even regarding the abuse, nobody but a few family members knew about it. And what I didn't know and what I found out later was that my mom's dad was abusive and my mom's mom did the same thing. She was quiet about it. Uh, and this being quiet is being passed down from mom to mom, or mom to da daughter generationally. And I just knew that that needed to change. And I needed to speak up about it. And so I really had no idea what kind of impact my dad's abuse was going to have on me until I got to college. Uh, the one thing that I said that I would never do is drink alcohol. My dad was an alcoholic, which is the only time that he was abusive. He was never abusive when he wasn't drinking. But the problem was, is that he was drinking all the time. Uh, I ended up addicted to alcohol in, uh, uh, when I turned 18. After seeing what it did to my dad, I, I knew that I would never touch that stuff, but I was so wrong. My dad, my, both my grandfathers on both sides were alcoholics. I just didn't understand the hold that it had on the men in my family. It got to the point where I was drinking every day. I fell into pills and even drugs doing, uh, I even did cocaine uh, for a while. I ended up with two DWIs. I went to jail four times, all related to alcohol. I vividly remember the turning point in my life. I was standing over my one-year-old son's crib. So this is, you know, um, I had my son when uh, he's seven years old, I'm 34, so 27. So I had him when I was 27. So 18 is when I started. So nine years I was battling with, uh, with addiction. And I vividly remember the turning point in my life. I was standing over my one-year-old uh, son Stetson's crib. And I was looking at him and I was thinking about how I was probably going to be in prison for a very long time by the time he was 10 years old. Even if I kept, uh, because if I kept drinking like I was, like that's just the track record that I had. I mean, I had been to jail four times. And so my son, he was so beautiful laying there sleeping in his crib. And I was so upset at what I had become. I'd become an alcoholic. And I knew that I had deserved, that my son deserved better. I knew that my wife deserved better. And I was, like I said, I was never abusive towards them. And I'm extremely thankful that I didn't make that kind of mistake. But the next day, I completely stopped drinking. I stopped taking pills. I stopped using drugs. And now six years later, I've never picked any of these things up. I stopped cold turkey. Uh, I had withdrawals that lasted weeks, but that wasn't the worst part of my recovery. Really, it was the depression that I fell into um, because I was no longer self-medicating and I had to start to face the choices that I had made over the last nine years of my life. And it really dropped me into a huge depression. But 
I did come out of that and I'll, uh, and I can definitely talk more about that um, here in a minute. Uh, but th those are the negative things that I just, I had no idea that that abuse in a negative way manifested itself in me self-medicating instead of facing what I needed to face to heal. And it, it took me a long time to, uh, to make the, make that kind of wrong, right. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. It does uh, make a lot of sense. The part about when you said about being quiet, I find that that's very common with people that I speak to um, that have been through similar situations. If you keep quiet, it's like it didn't happen, right? That's right. So, um, yeah, you can be embarrassed. You don't want to talk about it. And you just, it's easier to not talk about it. And all the avoidance that happens and the suppressing of feelings, of course, it's going to come out in other ways. It's, it has to. It has to come out somehow, right? That's right. It does. But, you know, you said your son deserved it and your wife deserved it, but you deserved it for yourself, too. I did. Absolutely. How did you um, help yourself and were you able to help others because of the healing that that you went through? Like, how did how did that happen? Yeah, so the depression that I fell into after I uh, quit was was it was awful. It was worse than the in my opinion the alcohol and the and the drugs and the pills because at least I was functional throughout the day getting things done uh active when I stopped because I knew I knew that I would have a, a relief like I knew like the pills the drugs the alcohol was the relief so I worked really hard so that I could get to that relief when I quit that then there was no payoff at the end of the day and so I fell into to depression and, and when I fell into that depression it it was really difficult because I, you just don't want to do anything when you're depressed. You just want to, you know, I, for me, I just wanted to lay there. I just wanted to um, not do anything. Just wanted to sleep. Just didn't want to be around uh, people. And that was, uh, it was when, I'm going to back up here, it was when someone asked me for help that I had an epiphany. So the depression i started to fight it like i didn't just want to stay depressed so i started to try to figure out ways that i could encourage myself and so i started to pull myself out of it and i got to the point where i was just experiencing depression probably it was not probably it was it was once a week and it happened to be on saturdays and sundays and i think that was because it was when i will always partied the hardest and so on saturdays and sundays was when i was i, I would i kind of started to slip back into the depression even though during the week i was doing really well and it was at that time that someone asked me for help. Someone asked me for help through about addiction and depression. And I thought, how am I going to help anybody? Like, I, I'm still battling this myself. But when they started to talk and speak about what they had gone through, or what they're going through, it was something that I had, I, I had overcome, like I had overcome the, my addiction to uh, alcohol and, and drugs. And um, although I was still fighting depression, I, I wasn't fighting it every day. Like he was fighting it, like he was telling me. And so what I learned or the epiphany that I had was that when I win battles, when I overcome challenges, I put myself in a place to be able to serve other people. And even, and this is like, this is what I want so many people to get is this right here is that I didn't have to be perfect to serve these people. I didn't have to have everything right to be able to help somebody else start to make their life right. And that's what, like, I think so often we get caught in this idea of this perfectionist, perfectionistic, vicious circle and cycle. 
of where we have to have it just right for ourselves before we can do anything for anybody else. But that's just not the case. And that was when I when I had that, that epiphany, it just it blew my mind because then I just dove into helping him. And what happened was when I started to serve him, even though I wasn't perfect yet, I just and I wasn't telling him anything that I didn't already know, or as I was just telling him what worked for me and just helping him guide, guide and, and answer questions. And my recovery for myself exponentially shot off. Like I went from being depressed on the weekends to, to, to being depressed maybe once a month to being depressed maybe every few months to like, and then to like, I haven't been depressed in a very long time. And it was, it exponentially shot forward when I went from uh, just dealing with it myself to actually helping serve other people who uh, are, are struggling in places that I had already overcome. Well, I love, I love hearing you say that. And, you know, it resonates with me too, because when I was at my lowest, I just, the one thing, like I've been to therapy and speaking to people and not wanting to speak to anybody, but the one thing that got me through was serving other people. Absolutely. It's the same, like helping others, whether it was, you know, helping homeless, or we just did a drive in Guatemala where we went and started a music pro. Those are the types of things that help me feel alive at the end of the day. So I think it's amazing, like what you just said about not having to be perfect. You know, I think we have to accept our own flaws and we grow as we're helping those people, right? Absolutely. So I love that. I love that message that you're saying. Yeah, thank you. That was, uh, that's been huge for me uh, because like I said, I think so many times we fall into this, I have to be perfect to, before I can help and serve. And in fact, it's, it's not being perfect and serving anyways that gets you closer to that perfect not that that should be the goal but that is one thing like kind of a reframe that i've done in my mind is that if i do want to get to that perfect i need to help and serve people right now where i'm at because it's going to help make me better i always tell people one of the best one of the the best ways to learn is to teach and uh, of course you need to know a little bit to to start but as long as you're staying a chapter ahead uh, you're going to exponentially sh shoot your growth out the roof if you uh, start to serve uh, while you're learning as well. And I'm sure your friend is is very grateful for that moment too. So thank you. That's awesome. Um, so can you tell me like, can you tell me a bit more about what you created from that experience as well in helping, uh, like helping people today? A absolutely. So um I created a lady in defense. It's a roadmap for abuse, women and children that focuses on the whole person, the mind, the body, the heart and the spirit. And it's so much more than self-defense techniques. I know that I talk about as being a self-defense instructor, but self-defense is not, it's not the physical self-defense that I believe is the most important. It's the self-defense that starts in your mind. And it's that mentality of, uh, the whole person being able to take care of your whole person, your mind, your body, your heart, your spirit, that really puts yourself in a place where you can defend yourself because so many people before they ever physically hurt us. And now there, I know there are some uh, exceptions to this where people that you don't know them and then they just physically hurt you. But statistics overwhelmingly point to that. Most people that get abused or get hurt, it's by someone that they know. And most of the time it doesn't start physical. Uh, it starts verbal. And so that self-defense of that whole person is really, is, is my focus in, in this, in this roadmap for lady in defense. 
and it, the actual self self defense techniques are definitely a huge part of it. But it in regards to uh, us being able to learn that we are capable of so much more, but it's such a small part of it in regards to the whole program. Really, how this all started was I started to think, what if there was a way that I could help other people escape, heal, and rediscover, and find their courage and their bravery again? And so that's when I started to put together the program, the roadmap for Lighting and Defense. And I'll, t- I'll, I'll talk about one of the aspects of it is uh, warrior mind is one of the pillars in Lady in Defense. Everybody has a warrior inside of them. Anger, upset, and frustration are versions of this warrior that we are most, most of us are more familiar with. The voices inside of us that scream to be heard. And, but we can harness that powerful warrior in a positive way to do more than we ever thought possible. And one of the things I always tell people is that, listen, it takes a warrior to say, I forgive you. And for so many people, that's more than they ever thought was possible. And so always, always let people know whether you're in an abusive relationship, just out of a, uh, an abuse, abusive relationship, or have been abuse-free for years, Lady in Defense is a roadmap to take your life to the next level. Uh, like you talked about earlier, I have everyone start with the 21-day challenge that opens their mind and empowers their body to give them their fighting spirit back. And uh, today, with your permission, I'm giving away uh, seven days of grace, a self-love journey, e-journal. And it takes a person through the process of what it looks like to extend grace to ourselves as we, as we thrive to love who we are exactly the way we are. Um, and uh, I know we'll give the link to that here in a minute. Yes, of course. I love that. Absolutely. We all have a warrior inside of us. I'm going to be feeling better tomorrow, I tell you. Just... I'm going to remember that Thank now. You. I'm going to think, what was it that Garrett taught me? This is awesome. I, I want I want to look at the uh, e-journal. I think I could learn a lot from you. This is great. Like, can you tell us maybe a, a short story or an example of maybe a transformation that you saw in one of the people that, you know, is take is part of the lady in defense? Like, have you seen? Yes, absolutely. Your eyes, you know? Because sometimes things happen and, you know, even when we're not really looking for them to happen and we see somebody grow and somebody going through the program and it's just like, wow, that's why I invented this thing, you know? One of the women that I've taken through um, this program was uh, completely sheltered, was really, was completely sheltered as a child, uh, was completely sheltered as a teenager and was even being sheltered, you know, as a young adult, 18, 19 Uh, 20 years old. And uh, there was not any physical abuse, but there was a lot of verbal and mental abuse. And when she was able to step out of her home and, uh, and get her own place, her own apartment was really the first step to her healing. And I, I had an opportunity to work with her while she was still at home. And like, it blew me away the place that her mind was at. And that's why the first place that we start is warrior mind is she, she felt like she was a mistake. She felt like she wasn't supposed to have been born. And because of that, because of that, that belief that she had in the, in, in the core of who she was, like everything that she did centered around that to find evidence to justify that that was the truth. And so, in other words, she just was not empowering herself in any way. So she obviously she had a, a negative self-image of her body. 
her heart was broken and she questioned her spirituality. Taking her through the program, showing her and, and taking her through the journey, uh, like warrior mind, um, started to open uh, the doors to who she could become. And inside of each one, like warrior mind, body, heart, and spirit, what we work on is escaping the chains of the past. And so first we work on identifying, I worked with identifying with her, the things that are holding her back. What are the beliefs that you have right now? And we need to identify those beliefs so they can no longer hold us hostage with these, like these masks, these, we get these masked men and women inside of us, uh, so to say, for a visual holding us hostage and we don't know who they are and we need to put a name, we need to put a face and a name to these, these people holding us hostage. And so we have to identify these beliefs that we have. And then once we can identify them, then we can go to work on healing them. And so they went to work on healing, uh, the healing process, which uh, there's, uh, there's some empowering statements and words and positivity and stuff like that uh, as a part of it. But the main thing is being able to get, is being able to write, I have everybody start out with writing it out. And once you start writing it out, I have people start speaking it out loud. And once they start speaking it out loud, I have them start confiding in other people. And once they start to do that, have them start to videotape themselves and, and watch. And so they start to heal when they can start to see uh, the, not only the, the truths, like the empowering truths that we speak into our lives, but also we, we video ourselves doing or talking about the negatives as well. I love the way you ask them to document the process. I think that's really healing. It is. Like, it's, it's very profound. I was lucky to have somebody that took me through that same model and it, it completely changed my life. It really did. Um, from there, we work on rediscovering who they are after, after they start that healing process. Now we can start to rediscover uh, who they are. And really, that's where we start to challenge them, uh, start to challenge them uh, physically, mentally, and it's, I mean, it really, there are some general, general challenges, but a lot of them I'm able to get kind of specific with the women that is going to help them most. And then from there, uh, we start to find their courage and their bravery. Again, we start to, to dive into some of the martial arts um, and self-defense techniques, showing them that they can do this, uh, that their body, that one thing that I tell all the women is that you are capable of defending yourself against any man right now just as you are you don't need you don't need to be any stronger you don't need to be any flex any more flexible you don't need to be in shape you don't need to be any like you have the ability right now to defend yourself there are i've lost count of how many stories there are of women picking up cars off of their kids there's a woman in canada that fought a bear that was attacking her children and she lived with only just scratches like we are capable of so much and we just don't know it. So I kind of got, I guess I kind of got off track from uh, talking about this young lady, but uh, I took her through that process and she, uh, it, yeah, let me get back to her. She is one of the most powerful women that I know uh, today. She takes charge. Uh, she gets whatever she says she's going to do. She gets done. Uh, she is one of my favorite people to be around. Uh, She's always putting a smile on my face. Uh, it's, ju it's just been incredible. 
Sounds like she got she to did. really unveil her Absolutely. true self, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I love hearing your perspective too, you know, as a man too. I think it, it really gives a new, um, it gives a new perspective, I think, because people, you know, they automatically assume abusers are men, but they're not. There's a lot of, you know, women abusers. So, um, I hate when people, you know, generalize and think that, but just hearing you say it and how passionate you are about, about changing these people's lives, Thank it really you. does yeah. touch my um, heart. I, it's funny you say that because I had a guy, uh, one time, um, I just met a few, a uh, few, it was a group of people and there's guy, it was a mixed group. There's some guys and some girls and they were asking what I do. And so I was talking about the lady in defense and, uh, how I serve and try to help these women, uh, not just get back to normal, but back to the next level in their life. And the guy looks at me and he goes, he said, you know, you're a dude. And these are like women huh. wow. that have been abused by dudes. And I'm like, yes, but what connects me with that woman is not gender. It's the shared experience of being abused as a child uh, that connects us. It's not preference or color or ethnicity. It's the shared experience of abuse that we went through that connects me to her and allows us to, to learn in, in, from each other and to grow together. And uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And just be human. <laughs> yeah. It's um, abuse is very uh, life-changing no matter what form it takes. It really does change who you are. So to stop that cycle, I think, I think the work you're Thank doing you. is incredible. Thank you. Um, if you don't mind me asking a personal question, yeah. another personal question. Um, did you ever forgive and reconcile? Well, with your yeah, abuser? I did. I mean, um, so my, obviously, cause I told the story earlier, my, the abuser was my dad and, uh, my dad left when I was 12. Um, there was the most abuse that I remember experiencing started when I was 10, but there was, it, it's never like all of a sudden you're just getting pummeled it's there's there's a progression there's there's the verbal abuse that starts so there's really the neglect of just being around and then when they are around the verbal abuse starts and then from there there's the pushing and the shoving and then it then, then escalates from there and so it really got bad when i was 10 uh and he left when i was 12 years old and later i had the opportunity to hop on a plane and go and see him and it was when i was 17 years old uh, I was so nervous. I was literally shaking. I was so scared, but I had this resolve in my heart that I had never had before. I, I knew, I knew what I needed to do. And I, I looked my dad in the eye in, in the eyes with tears in mine. And I said, daddy, I said, I forgive you. And I could see tears in his eyes as they welled up. We hugged for the first time in five years. Uh, it was one of the most courageous things that I've ever, ever done as a 17 year old. And I always tell people that with, with forgiveness in your heart, the most courageous thing that you could ever do is, is, is forgive. Like with that, that, that abuse and that hatred and anger and confusion, and it, it holds us hostage from the growth of being able to take our lives uh, to the, just to get back to normal, really, not even to the next level. And uh, one of the most powerful things I ever did was, was, was forgive. That is so brave that you went there in, you know, 17 is a hard age. So the fact that you did it too, you know, when things are so uncertain as 17, right. 
But yeah, that was really brave of you. But I'm glad that your father didn't deny it because sometimes, sometimes you can go and they pretend, what do you mean? I've never, you know, they just deny. So I'm glad that he also had the same kind of reaction. And I think, you know, it just felt, yes, I can see the moment. It just feels like incredible for you. Sounds like you're doing a lot of amazing work out there. And I know you've helped, you've helped somebody today listening at home. I know you have. And yeah. And I understand your wife is is doing this uh, with you and supports me in every way that she can. Um, She is the, the rock that I, uh, that I lean on (laughs) when I, when I need to. And um, she's, it, it, uh, one of the hardest parts uh, for me is opening up as a man talking about not having not, I wasn't strong enough in those moments to change what happened. Uh, and I, and not that I should have been strong enough, but as, as a man, there's, 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 you want to be strong enough to be able to support your family, your, your, your children, your friends, your loved ones. And you don't want there to be this weakness there that other people can see. And because you don't want them to, you don't want them to relate or relate to you as weak. And so one of the hardest things that I did was bringing my wife into vault into all of this. And she's been so supportive. And if anything, uh, I know that she sees me as stronger um, and not weaker. And I think that as if, you know, any men listening, uh, if you haven't, you know, confided in the people that you're close to. Uh, I know what it feels like to think that of the image in and how they can relate to you if, you know, you're sharing a place where you struggled or where you are weak. But in my experience, you know, the people that love you are going to see you as more, not as less when you share things like that with them. So my wife's definitely been there for me. That's great. You know, I'm going to teach my son tonight that he has a warrior inside of him. And, you know, you're covering abuse in this in this episode, but it's not just abuse. It's also what we tell ourselves, you know, and negative thoughts that play in our minds and how we feel about ourselves. All of it, all of it just, ha- it has to be corrected. We have to learn to do better for ourselves. Is there anything else you would like to talk about, Garrett? With what you just you talked about with your son, you know, I think is a place that so many people are at, even myself, like you never stop growing. There's never a place that you're not struggling in. There's always a place that you're struggling and that you, that there's growth opportunity everywhere. And the biggest thing is being, is, is identifying what's holding you back. Uh, what are the, what, what's physically holding you back? What's emotionally holding you back? What's uh, spiritually holding you, like what's holding you back and, and identifying those places first. So often we try to, to create change for ourselves without first understanding what it is that uh, is holding us hostage, like I talked about earlier. And so like with your son, and even like I take myself to the same practice uh, monthly, just going, okay, I wanna grow in this area. What I need to identify first, what is, what I need to put names and faces on these things that are holding me back. And once I do, then I can go, okay, now I can, I see that person when they're holding me back. Like it's kind of a silly visual, but you know, um, uh, a fear. So I'm like, okay, this is me just being afraid. This is me being afraid. So now I've named fear that, that, that person is fear. And so then when I want to take that step and then I feel that fear, I don't 
like crawl down into a hole because I've identified what it is, then I go, oh, that's fear. We talked about this. Okay. And now I can start to, um, I can start to heal that. I can start to take a new action in place of that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all that I would, uh, you know, like to add there. Hopefully it's helpful. Of course it is. Yeah. And I find, I don't know, it's one of the hardest things to do. I think, um, from my experience too, looking at yourself and trying to, um, when you don't feel great about yourself, naming things and changing things for the better, you know, you don't see it. Like sometimes you do need somebody else to come in and, and point you in the right direction. So I think these, um, programs that you're offering are really going to be helpful. Um, I, you know, I'm going to put the e-journal here for everyone to, uh, to, uh, email you about or that, that you'll send them. It's, um, I know there's a seven days of grace. It's a uh, self-love journal. Is that right? That's right. And it's uh, available at, uh, ladyindefense.com. Well, Garrett, thank you so much. I know it's, it's not easy to talk about, but it sounds like you've really overcome and you've taken a situation as a child and really, really. Um, are helping so many people. And I think it's very brave of you. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, you are helping so many people and you can see it like you've helped over 9,600 people. So I think this is fabulous. I think it's great. I think your kids are going to appreciate you for it. And um, I really appreciate you helping everybody who's listening. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.